So I was left without someone to be accountable with my finances and our cash flow. And so I prayed and I asked the Lord, who, who should I ask on our team to be accountable to? And I felt like the Lord said to me, Rian. <laughs> now, you may know that Rian is quite a good businessman. <laughs> and so that made a lot of wise sense to me. And so I initiated the conversation with him and I said to him, look, Ian has left. Uh, would, you be, would you be my guy? Would you help me with my cash flow and just make sure that I'm ticking all the boxes in terms of, you know, paying taxes, being wise, allocating wisely? And um, so we started this conversation, and uh, whenever I get money coming in, I'll submit it to him, and I'll say, hey, Rian, I've got this cash coming in. I'm thinking of doing X, Y, Z with it. What do you think? Is there maybe an, a wiser alternative? And he'll give me input. And um, just before the beginning of December, see, so as an artist, you don't know when you're going to get paid. You don't know where your next paycheck is going to come from. <laughs> you could have a good month and make a lot of money, and then, the then for the next couple months, you, you don't make anything. <laughs> and a few days before the end of the month, Rian sent this message to me. Now, the context is I had just enough money to pay for our rent, pay for our medical aid and our gap cover, and after that we were trusting the Lord for something extra, <laughs> for groceries, etc. He didn't know this at the time, but he just knew that I could cover these expenses. He didn't know that we were going to need something extra. So anyway, he sent me this message just before the end of December. He said, morning Paul, I should have shared this yesterday, but I felt during worship for you a reminder that just like Daniel's friend in the fire, they had a fourth man walking with them. The results are well known. <laughs> I felt God wanting to remind you he's with you even in the fire no harm will come to you trust that's helpful my friend <laughs> so the fire we were facing was okay groceries nappies xyz <laughs> and let me tell you before the end of December came around the Lord just pulled in and I sold enough artwork to cover the next two months salary and I just want to, you know, like, I had a bit of a moment the other day with the Lord. I was washing, I think I was washing our air press or cleaning up after making coffee in the morning. And I just had this moment with him where he just said to me, you know what, Paul, I've always looked after you. And I was like, yes, I know that. <laughs> I want you to always look after me, Lord. And that's just for me such a testimony. You know, like God knows every single intricacy of our lives. He knows the things that we're trusting Him for. And He is so faithful to just come through. And so I just want to encourage us as a congregation, if you're in that position this morning and you really don't know <laughs> what the Lord's going to do, whether He's going to come through for you, I just want to encourage you that you can trust Him. You can trust Him with your life. You can trust Him with everything that you need. Amen. Yeah, cool. I think it might actually be cool to pray. Um, I think it's been a, a, a tough couple of years uh, financially. Some people lost jobs. And, and for many of us, we're probably in, possibly in the same situation as Paul. Maybe not that dire or maybe that dire. So why don't we just, if you are in a sticky spot right now financially, it was such a cool reminder. And I felt the Holy Spirit speaking through, and maybe you did as well, that yes, God's always been faithful to me. And so good to hear it, actually. So let's just... Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. 
no matter what our South African economy does or whatever the global economy does, you are still God. And you said that you, not even a sparrow falls to the ground without you knowing about it. And if you care for the sparrows, how much more do you care for us, Lord? And so we just bring our lives before you. We know that even before we ask, you know what we need and you're a good father. And I pray for myself and Zanz and for this congregation, would you take care of us, Lord? Would you give us everything that we need this month, this year, and into the future, God? We don't want to worry. We don't want to be filled with anxiety. We want to turn to you and say that you are our more than enough. And we trust you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. That was so encouraging, man. And thanks, God. <laughs> I want to, just before, uh, we're going to have uh, Rahul and Kelly are going to share some of the stuff that God's done this year in their lives. Um, but I wanted to just give a little uh, recap of the year, just for like this congregation, what we've been through and what God's done. Sometimes you stuff happens and you just move on and you forget to say thank you to God for that. So I thought it'd be cool to just do a little recap. So why don't we start with that? I left my notes at home, so the slides are my notes. So this is how the year started. I just came back from holidays, as you did as well, and uh, we were greeted with uh, alert level four. Uh, you can switch to the next. This is our first elders meeting. Uh, you can see that alert level four was taking a heavy toll on us as elders, <laughs> especially Adam. You can see there, it was, uh, it was, it was tough, tough times. So that was our, that was our uh, elders' meeting. Hans is just about to fall asleep there, but th that's a moment of accountability. <laughs> First couple of elders' meetings and leaders' meetings and Bible studies and communities, I think, were on, were, uh, on Zoom. And so it wasn't a great start to the year, but the Lord is faithful. Let's, let's move on. We also, we also didn't have a venue. I don't know if you recall. Hard to forget. We were bouncing between this venue at the Greek club and Edgemead, and we were meeting on Saturday afternoons, I don't know if you recall, and weird, weird times of the week. Um, but we persevered. <laughs> we persevered. Uh, that's uh, us doing the elbow tapping, and that's the parking lot, and let's go on. And then... Um, the Lord miraculously made it possible for us to get this venue. This venue, we are actually subleasing from another church. Another church had this venue, as a, a, and they had a lease, and they merged their two congregations, and we heard about it. And we actually got this venue and continue to have this venue at half price. And full price would be too much for us. We wouldn't be able to afford this venue. So we would only be able to afford it at half price. And so it was an absolute miracle. So it continues to be a miracle. And, and what a blessing. How much of a blessing has this place been to us? Eh? It is such a, a, a gift of God to be able to have this venue. Um, and it was amazing that when we stopped moving, people who wanted to come and visit us eventually were able to find us. <laughs> and... Uh, so the beginning of this year, we were flooded with visitors and have continued to be flooded with visitors, mostly just because we were one of the few churches that were actually open. Um, and so maybe you can go on. So there, there, there was us meeting now in the city. We still call ourselves City Bowl, but technically we fell out of the bowl 
Um, and we, we went, we, we, we grew very quickly um, because of people getting saved, people getting added, people visiting. We started having three services and a fourth one in the homes. And this would have been a common site for you, I think, on the app. Um, 10 a.m. for some reason was a very popular service. I mean, I would have, I doubt it was just because it's a convenient time to go to church because we, I mean, we're not motivated by convenience and stuff like that. But for some, some reason, 10 a.m. was always the bumper service. <clears throat> uh, yeah. And then we had, a, we had church meeting in the homes. Remember that uh, infamous fourth group? We had church in the homes and we were live streaming from our venue into the homes. Can you remember? It feels like years ago, but it was a thing, eh? Uh, go on. And we, that was our first um, new members that we prayed in. Um, if you can see who those people are, many of them are actually now in other congregations that we've planted out subsequently. But that was in Sunningdale where we had that massive reunion party. Do you remember? Um, and this was recently when we prayed in some new members. So God has, throughout the year... We've been seeing people get saved regularly, baptized, added to the family, and many of these people are part of us, and you know them, and they have, uh, that's uh, Rahul getting baptized in the ocean. Um, we've had a number of people getting baptized even recently. I, I share this with you because that's, that's why we're here, isn't it? That's why we continue to exist and, and, put, and go on living on this earth, to see people getting saved, to people, people getting baptized, people's lives being impacted and changed and added into family. And then we also had some new leaders being prayed in. That was at our online gathering. For you guys, I was there. Amazing, eh? For me. So I took this photo. That's, just go back there. That's uh, George and Phil. Thank you, thank you. There's George and Phil there being prayed on to eldership. Very exciting. And then we had some new deacons getting prayed in at that time. Um, there's Robin and Matthew and John. And then we prayed in some other deacons after that as well. That's Robin and Corneille. Did I, what did I say? Robin. No, that's definitely not Robin. That's Corneille. What did I say? Barbara. You should just point at yourself, Barbara. Help us. And then, things were going so well, and the Lord decided that it was time for us to sow out a bit. And um, we didn't just plant out one congregation. We decided to do it well and do three. So this is uh, Adam and Ali. They planted in Brooklyn. Um, Ian and Kate who planted in Milneton, and um, we planted out so many congregations, Hans was struggling to make sense of who's going where and what's, go- what's actually happening. So I drew a flow diagram for him, City Bowl being the red one, our three services, Brooklyn, and so it all started to make sense eventually. Because th- th- do you remember, there was a lot going on. I had a lot of people texting me saying, like, I hear we planting, yeah, anyway, so it's all, it's all made s- sense since then, and so that was... That Sunday when we prayed out, um, that's the Milneton congregation. We prayed them out, and then we prayed out the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn congregation. And then we also had a church merging with Josh Jen, an existing church called New Life, merging with us. And that's Dimitri and Karen, who 
uh, were leading that congregation, which became our evening congregation. So we now have City Bowl PM. This is a photo of Mulnerton, one of Mulnerton's first church services. And uh, I, they have had a few people saved since then, I, as I shared with you last Sunday, I think it was, in community, late at about 11 p.m. They had spent most of the evening sharing the gospel with this one guy in community, and he finally conceded to make Jesus the Lord of his life at about 11 p.m., and he's just been added there. So a number of people been saved um, and baptized. So that's Millie's, and then that's the Brooklyn crew. I, I wanted to post some of the other pictures from that congregation, but I didn't want to discredit them because they have some wild, wild times there. So that's, that's their meeting in an old church building. That's some, some people getting baptized in the Brooklyn congregation. I share this with you because this is the kingdom of God coming, even in a, a weird year like we've had, which was as weird as the year before, basically. God's still, still saving people. Eh? God is still saving people. His kingdom is still coming. People are still being added, and that's what it's all about. Then um, Andrew and Liz went to go and celebrate their son's wedding, and they just never came back. Uh, because at that time, there was this serious travel uh, ban. We couldn't send anybody to the 412 churches. Like, we we're an apostolic partnership of churches, but we couldn't travel. So Andrew Sally decided, while you guys are there, could you just stay there for a few months? And a few months turned into pretty much most of the year. And they were an incredible blessing to all the churches in Europe, uh, so they did come back towards the end of this year, but it's likely that they will continue to make trips there to continue to bless those churches. So nice to have them back for a little bit. Then I wanted to show you um, one of the things that happened when we planted out all these congregations was we sent out many of the people who actually head up the ministries in our congregation. So here's a before and after picture of our deacon team. That's... <laughs> So that was our deacon team before we planted out Brooklyn and Millie's and all the different congregations, and that was after. Um, and there's been such an amazing, um, you know, like when you prune a, a tree, you clip all the branches off, and then there's a regrowth that happens after that. There's been such a, a, a regrowth in our congregation as there's been these vacuums that have been created. It's been amazing to see how you guys have just been raised up into the Lord to, to serve and to minister in ways which you weren't being used before. And, uh, and so I wanted to just encourage you guys, you guys and, and to just celebrate what God has done. I think of, like, even in our, our overseeing team, there was a lot of jokes on the overseeing WhatsApp group because I think there were two guys left uh, after we sent out. Uh, it, was just, it was just Ruan and Clint. And Cl Clint was the overseer of the overseers. So he was overseeing Ruan. And thanks to you, everyone, just for you, have been a real trooper. The one, the, oh, thanks, but thanks for serving us. Eh? Fortunately, he's not, it's not a solo operation anymore. There's been other guys that have been added to that team, but it's one of the many teams that have just been like, we've sown, we've sown, what's the word, extravagantly this year as a congregation. It's been a, a year of sowing people out. Um, but God has really raised new people up. And many of the people who have just joined the church are like, 
where can I serve? How can I help? And it's been so encouraging to see that. Hans just recently did some training with our AV and our sound team because we sent out, like, the, JJ, was, he headed up the sound. <laughs> and do, training up new guys to do sound and AV. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been uh, when, when Ryan recently came through, who many of you don't even know, which is so weird because he started this congregation. But his comment to me was, it's amazing to see how people who are on the periphery before are now actively serving and loving and growing. And, 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 and that is so true. And partly it's because we've had to. We've had, we've had to rise up and serve and, and contribute. And it's been amazing. So this was a day to celebrate as well. That was our first in-person gathering where all the congregations of Josh Jen came together to just worship Jesus and Andrew preached. And then, what else happened? We celebrated the life of Will Murray. He graduated onto glory, and it was also quite a significant moment for us as a church, but just because of the example which he left for us. He's, Paul said, you know, imitate my life as I imitate that of Christ. And Will Murray was one of those guys who was such a challenge to us. If you try and imitate his example, that's a challenge, you know, because he really did imitate Christ. And so it was amazing to celebrate his life and thank God for him. And that's it for this year. But what about next year, hey? What about next year? We don't know. I have no idea what next year holds. But I am excited to to see people continuing to be saved and added and baptized and added to family but not just saved from an old life of sin, but growing into all that God has for, for each one of us, that we'd be sanctified, made holy, and continue to grow into the image of Jesus. Not just those who are still going to come, but us, that we would grow in, into in the image of Christ. And so we're going to have, um, I think uh, Rahul can come and share uh, first. Where, where, is, where is Rahul? Yeah, why don't you come on up? So you would have seen um, that picture was cool that it ended up being in there of Rahul getting baptized. That was that was this year, hey? Yeah, at, was it at Camps Bay? Yeah, I remember Matthew timing it between sets. To, but yeah, I asked Rahul to share and Kelly to share just because. They are two examples of people whose lives God has done some significant stuff in their hearts and their lives this year. And I think we've seen that. And it's just good, cool to celebrate what God's done. So I don't know what you're going to share, but go for it. Cool. Thank you. Um, sure. <laughs> a little bit nervous. Just a little bit, but it's fine. Um, I think this is a good opportunity to also... Um, introduce myself as Rahul, as my own individual, my own person, not my twin brother's <laughs> slipstream. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, more important things. Um, I'm here to talk about, Luke asked me to talk about the goodness of God and how faithful he has been in my life. Um, <clears throat> so I won't, I think I just want to focus on one, um, one aspect of it, and that was between the years twenty like around 2017 to 2021, um, those were probably, probably the darkest, um, darkest years of my life. Um, a lot of horrible things, 
uh, uh, anxiety, major depression, uh, and evil, and even suicide. Um, yeah, I went down a very dark path, and I was in a very, very deep hole. Um, and I tried everything. I eventually decided to get medical help. I went to a psychologist. I started on medication. Um, but it still wasn't enough. Uh, something still felt really, really wrong inside. Like, really wrong. Really just, I felt empty. Um, incredibly lost. I had no direction, no purpose, no motivation, no drive. Just, I mean, it got to so bad that when I looked in the mirror, I just, I couldn't see a reflection of who I was or what my true identity was. It was just a blank, just blank and hollow. And uh, anyway, I, you know, over the years, I lived my life in the world, did incredibly sinful things. And yeah, that was just going down the wrong path. And yeah, I just got to a stage where it was, it was going to go one way. And that was, that was the end of my life. Because I just, I didn't want to live in this pain anymore. I didn't want to be in this suffering, this hurt. And it got to that stage. Um, I tried to take my life um, last year. And, uh, <clears throat> and yeah. <laughs> but here's the, <laughs> this is where the Lord comes in. So, I wasn't born a Christian. My family isn't Christian. I was born a Hindu, followed Hinduism most of my life. Um, but that day, I think, was the first time I really encountered the Lord in saving my life from taking my own. Um, he protected me. And, uh, yeah, you caught me out of it. Um, I mean, if any of you here have ever experienced that, you know it's... It's a very slippery slope, you know, it's, it's your life, and if you take it, it's gone, you can't get it back. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> the year went on, things didn't change, life was still in a very, very deep, dark hole, and um, yeah, one day I just remember, it was probably in the, towards the end of last year, beginning of this year, you know, I just, I was desperate. I was incredibly desperate just for someone to help me, someone to save me, anyone, even if it was a person, just anyone to look at me, not past me, not through me, to see me, to hear me, to understand me. Um, yeah, I just felt so, so invisible, like transparent to the world. Like if I had, honestly, I felt in that moment, if I had gone, no one would miss me. No one would really care. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I just started praying. I didn't know who I was praying to, what I was praying for. I just said, I need saving. Please, anyone, just just save me. I don't want to be in this this darkness anymore because it's empty, it's lonely, it's it's toxic. And um, I still heard nothing. <laughs> nothing changed for about six months. Well, not six months, for about a couple months, nothing changed. Um, and then I started to see some changes um, as the new year started, because my my twin brother uh, got engaged, um, <laughs> he got engaged, and I was at his wedding, 
and my word, I just felt something at that wedding, and it was just love, like I have never experienced before. Um, it's, you know, when you experience that kind of love, you know it can't be anything from a person or an individual or, you know, like a tangible like thing, that materialistic thing. You know, that love was just out of this world, man. Like, you feel it. Like, it's tangible. You can't see it, but it's like you can almost, you want to put your hand out and just grab it and hold on to it. And that's what I saw at his wedding through, through the people. Um, yeah, the way he was with his new fiance, eventually his wife, um, his family, his friends. Uh, where's Katya? Katya was there, so Katya was there. Um, and yeah, so anyway, when I, got, when I got back from the wedding, a couple, like about two weeks passed, and I had dinner with Roman Rach, and I said, look, guys, I would love to come to church. Um, and here, I mean, the interesting thing was that uh, Rommel had been saved and been a part of this church about three or four years before I had even, well, before I even came to Josh Jin. Um, but I never, um, that was his part of his life. I kept, he kept it separate from me. I never, you know, insinuated conversation. Um, not insinuated, sorry. I never, like, asked about it or wanted to be involved. Um, it was just the way it was. And um, so, yeah, uh, anyway, I asked if you come to church. Both him and Rachel were so stoked. They're like... Yo, man, let's do it. Let's, let's get you into church. <laughs> let's, let's go to church. Um, so, yeah, um, that was the first time. I think it was a, yo, it must have been late March, probably around that time. It was the first time in, in a church. Uh, never been in a church before in my life. Um, and that, at Luke, I think you were preaching that day. And it was just, for some reason, it ended up being majority worship. And again, <laughs> Yo, man, I sat there and I just felt this love, this overwhelming love. I was, I stood up and I just, so I should have had my eye closed, but anyways, I just witnessed everyone in the room and you could feel that presence of the Lord in this room. You could feel the love, how you just want to worship him and praise him and glorify him with everything you have. And I could see that in each and every one of you, you know, it was just, and yeah, um, I wanted to know, and then that was when, like, I wanted to know more. I knew this was real. I knew the Lord was calling me home. I knew this is where I was supposed to be, and I wanted it, like, it was just, I, I wanted to feel that again, like, I wanted to know more, and that's when I joined uh, Matthew and John's community group. Um, I kind of just slotted in there because of, um, I had pool, kind of, because of Romal, and I just got in there, and, yeah, Maddie, uh, Matthew helped me, like, yo, he was, he was a absolutely phenomenal leader to me like he discipled me really well and I want to thank you for that man I don't know if I've told you that but man oh man you like you helped me so much in that time that short time that I spent with you and still like you <laughs> yeah it's been so wonderful to me so thank you um and sorry I know I'm trying to jump stories and all of these things um hope you're following <laughs> um, so yeah um so yeah so i was in maddie's matthew and john's community and yeah i just started coming more often coming more often and i was meeting maddie uh, maddie every friday we would just catch up i would talk about life and he would just help me um 
uh, yeah. And then it must have, yeah, it was in, yeah, probably May 19th was the day that I got saved. I gave my life to the Lord. And, um, you know, I, there was a story behind that of I, I, I finally found out that many people were praying for me from the community and people that I had, um, you know, that I had known through my brother. But that community um, session or that meetup was, Matthew was planning something different for that day. Uh, completely, he wasn't going down the road of, oh, today someone is going to get saved. Um, but I remember when I spoke to Sean about it, he was like, Maddie knew. Maddie knew the Lord has spoken to him. Someone is going to get saved in this community tonight, so I'm going to throw, put whatever I was going to do aside, and I'm going to go for it. And this is where things got really, like, um, unbelievable for me, because when Maddie asked, is there anyone here who wants to give their lives to the Lord? There was just like this immediate, immediate feeling in my heart of just, yo, hold your hand up. You know it's right. Just do it. The Lord is here. Like, let's go for it. And I did. And my word, it has been the most amazing, amazing year for me. It's been hard. It's been tough. But I no longer feel empty. I no longer feel empty. There's life in Choosing the Lord and always choosing Him. Like, I've had to face really difficult things, but the Lord has been with me every single step of that way. Um, with relationships, even the hardest thing for me was trust with the Lord, a father figure, because I didn't have the best relationship with my father. Um, it was a tough relationship growing up, family dynamics. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the Lord just, He helped me with that. Like, he really just, I think when you're working through things with the Lord, you definitely start reflecting on your life more um, in depth. And you realize that, or I realized that the Lord had given me amazing father figures throughout my life. So biologically, yes, my father may have not been the best father, but first he did the best he could. He did the best he could as a father. And it... it yeah, it's, he did the best he could, and I love him for that, because he did everything. I know he did everything in his heart, or he, what he thought was right, he did for us. Um, but now, even over these last couple of months, the Lord has come in, and he's been able to help us work through our relationship. For the first time, I sat down with my parents, and we just we talked about everything that went on as children and growing up and all of these things, and I was finally able to let that that go, just let that burden go, and... I'm building a relationship with my father again. You know, it's, it's things like that. You know, you never think that you'll be able to do that. You know, you don't want to have regrets. And I mean, the craziest thing, I told my dad I love him. And my word, I haven't done that in years. Since I was grown up, I haven't said those words to him ever. Don't hug him. Don't do anything. It just was a cold stone wall that I was up against. But now it's like, I see them every day, I go for breakfast, you know, and I spend time with them because it's, I can't, like, it feels right now. You know, the Lord has come in and he's worked on that relationship, and he's like, keep working on it. Um, but, yeah, I just, yeah, it is, there's one thing I wanted to say. Um, you know, if there's any encouragement here, it's that 
Sure, the Lord hears you. Even in, like when you are in your darkest moments, he knows everything that's going on in your life. And he sees you and he knows what you need and what you are going through. And he feels it more than you could ever feel it. And that love, man, it is so unbreakable and unshakable. And there's nothing, there's nothing in this world, no person, no object that could ever replace his love for you. And you can feel that in your heart. Like, you know that, like, the Lord loves you. And I felt that in me. Like, I know the Lord loves me. And choosing him is it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. Choosing the Lord as my everything. You know, he is my everything. The beginning and the end and everything in between. Whatever happens in this world, it's, it's all from him. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you so much for, for hearing me out and... Yeah. Sure. It's amazing how testimonies glorify God. It's like a form of worship, eh? To just talk about what God has done. Um, you know, I would love it actually a little bit later if, if you maybe are here today and you might be still in the you know, you get the before Christ and after Christ, and you might still be before Christ, and hearing that story might have birthed faith in you and hope even in you. We talk about, as Christians, we sometimes say it a bit too casually about being saved, you know, but this is the kind of story that demonstrates what do we actually mean by that. Saved from us and saved, saved from hopelessness, saved from so many things. We just say saved. <laughs> but yeah, God's, God's got hope. He, he's the bringer of of hope. Jesus' name actually means God saves. That's what Jesus means. So does Joshua. They have same same root. God saves and he still does. Isn't that encouraging, eh? Ah oh, man, so cool to hear fresh testimonies, eh? This year of what God's done. Where's Kelly? I made notes because I fear that I might go off on a tangent and do 22 minutes, <laughs> like I sent Luca voice note today, this week, of a 22-minute voice note, so I'll try, <laughs> I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think I make the record there. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, this year has been quite a roller coaster. Um, I feel like Raul's testimony is bought on the waterworks and now I can't stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the thing that kind of stood out for me the most is that God sets the lonely into families and that has been like the strongest thing for me. Um, let me just get this down. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just going to share a story of what happened to me at the beginning of the year and kind of a bit of a backstory of where it came from. Um, yeah, I believed in God from a young age. I gave my life to the Lord um, at around the age of 10 or 11. Um, but yeah, I never lived the life. I never, like, I was very much in the world. Um, and I was never part of church community or anything like that. Um, but I always knew that God was there and that he had my back, always. Um, yeah, but... About five years ago, I got into a relationship, a romantic relationship, and yeah, um, that relationship ended at the beginning of this year, 
Um, we were together for five years. Um, and yeah, just like looking back on that relationship, like where it started was from a deep root of loneliness. And I felt like that was going into this relationship was going to solve all my problems and I was going to not be lonely anymore and like everything was going <laughs> to... I, I did say this was your role. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, yeah, and... It was a great relationship. Um, he was a loving man, and we had a really great life together. Thank you. <laughs> Can't I just play the voice note? Yeah, and I think also from like an outsider's perspective, it looked amazing. Like we had the life together, we lived together, we had the perfect house, we had cats and we had the best friends and everything was just great. Like our works, were, our relationship worked well, we had similar interests, it was just like a perfect relationship. Um, and yeah, I think God was convicting me in that space. Um, we were in a sinful relationship and we were unequally yoked. And, yeah, I think at that, in that time, I didn't realize what conviction was. I didn't even know what it was. Um, but I, yeah, he, he was calling me out of that. And, yeah, just another thing that I wanted to point on is that God calls his, his people back, and he wants us all to come out of the world. Um, yeah, and so I think, um, yeah, this, like, unhappiness in my relationship and in my life just was there all the time and I didn't understand why because I had it all like this is what it was meant to be you meant to get into a relationship and get married and have kids and like that was the next step and um, I'm really grateful that God called me out of it at that time because I think it gets harder if you if you continue to, to just push against your convictions um, yeah and I think um yeah, so I was just feeling super convicted, and um, I didn't really understand what what I was going through because I didn't have, I wasn't in my Bible, I wasn't praying, I didn't understand where it was coming from. Um, but then, actually, my mom started go, drawing closer to the Lord, and as an innocent, loving daughter, I just believed her and thought, this is cool, this is what I'm meant to be doing as well, and I'm super grateful for that, that I... She bought me another Bible and a daily reading, and I think that kind of just put perspective into it all. Um, yeah, and I think, so part of um, building up excuses as to why I couldn't get out of the relationship was um, the one episode was that I had made this, accept this excuse that I couldn't break up with my ex because um, he was without a job, and I didn't want him to feel like that he couldn't provide for me and that's why I was breaking up with him so I was like I can't do this until he has a job and I didn't realize that I'd actually said that to God as well that I said that and he is a chef and obviously through COVID and all of that he was without a job and at the end of 2020 God provided him with the most amazing job opportunity and I was like I didn't know it was God then either, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, wow, thanks, God. Um, and, yeah, so, and then I was like, 
to myself, but now I have no excuse. What am I going to do? Like, I have to get out of this thing. Um, and, yeah, I then the, the enemy came in and provided fear of loneliness again, where that root started in the whole relationship, that what are you going to do when, you, when this is over? Like, you're going to be alone again in this world. There's... Um, the enemy actually made me believe that there was no other Christians in the world. <laughs> I know it sounds very weird because we're all sitting here today, but <laughs> I was convinced there was no one else like me that believed the same thing as me. Um, yeah, the enemy is very deceptive, and he's very good at what he does. So, <laughs> um, yeah, even um, so, through that, um, I soldiered on, and I made the decision to do it. I don't. There wasn't an aha moment, like, this is how it's meant to be done. It just happened. Um, and God's time is per- timing is perfect. Um, at the same time as the, me ending that relationship, something else was happening with my mom, and it just was the perfect timing that we were drawn back together in that moment. Um, so, yeah, just another testimony to God's timing and um, that he really, really cares for us. Um yeah, I also at the end of that relationship, I knew I knew I needed church. I was never in church community. I never experienced it, never understood it at all. Um, my mom had recently joined a new art studio, and Dana was in it. <laughs> and um, yeah, so Dana had said to my mom, "Come to Josh Jen," and my mom's like, "No, no, no, whatever, whatever." And, but my mom had actually told me about jo- that Dana went to Josh Jen, and I was like, "Okay." And that was in the back of my head. And as a diligent human being, I did my research. (laughs) And I was trying to figure out if you guys were meeting and what was going on. And so I filled out the contact form on the website. (laughs) And I was actually put in contact with Tandeka to meet with her. And surprisingly enough, we were in varsity together. So it was another confirmation that this was where I needed to be. God was putting a familiar face and familiar relationship together. Um, yeah, and I just feel like ever since that moment of just joining Josh Jen and meeting all of you lovely people, like just being able to be loved so openly and so um, generously and just accepted into this family that I never, ever thought would be possible. And also just for me to also be so open with my life and not have those, like, walls around my heart, um, and also be so open and honest. Like, I don't think I've ever told anyone, like, my deepest, darkest secrets. And I think most of you actually know all of them, which is great. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think, yeah, so just just this overwhelming sense of family and that we have this amazing family that we're all part of. And that uh, the enemy wants to isolate all of us and separate us from each other. And, yeah, and then also just the sense that God, even, like, by allowing God back into my life and living for him, we're never alone either. Even if we are physically alone, we're not alone. Jesus is with us always. Um, yeah, and I actually can't even remember or understand how I lived my life before before all of this. Um, yeah, and I think that's it. Was that quick enough, Luke? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So if you need tissues, there's here in the front, eh, if you want to grab. My heart is feeling quite wrecked right now. I don't know how you guys are doing, but let's just thank Jesus. Let's just close eyes. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the incredible way in which you heal hearts, Lord. That you are real, God. That you're not just a story in the Bible from long ago, but you are still in the business of healing hearts, of um, saving people from loneliness and darkness and sin into your wonderful light, into your family, into this kingdom which we love. And we want to say thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, for saving Kelly, for saving Rahul, and for saving me. Each one of us are here because of your grace, because you found us in a dark place. We, we, we were your enemies. We maybe didn't acknowledge you or care about you or thank you or worship you, but you found us, Lord. And we want to just celebrate what you have done this year. And we want to say, God, you are so faithful, you are so good, you are so kind, and we love you with all of our hearts. It's no wonder we sing songs about you, because you are so good. We're going to sing a song and worship in closing, but before we do, I just want to give an opportunity. If you are here, like I mentioned, the testimonies that we share are not just for special people. Jesus said in John 3.16, God so loved the world, everyone in this world, that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not die but have eternal life. And the gospel is the good news that although our sins condemn us and separate us from God, the Bible says we are all sinners, every single person. Doesn't, no one deserves God's favor. But Jesus took our place on the cross and he paid the penalty of sin that should have been us so that through faith in him we could be forgiven and we could be washed clean and made new and brought into his family from being enemies to friends. And that's an offer which God is making to everyone and he's still making that offer today. So if you feel God's asking you to make a decision this morning to put your faith in Christ and to be born again is the language the Bible uses. I would love to pray with you. So if that is you, just uh, sneak up your hand where you're sitting. You don't have, we won't embarrass you, but I'd love to pray with you if there is someone. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. I see your hand. Yeah, anyone else would like to just pray and make a commitment to follow Christ? It's not something we are born into, it's a decision we have to make. We go from being enemies to friends through Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus is the only way to the Father. Um, there's no other way to be saved but through him. Anyone else want to pray? I don't, don't want to rush on. I would love to pray with you if there's someone like, else like that. Cool, we're going to pray together. And then we're going to close and worship. So let's pray. Can we do that? Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. For taking my sin and my punishment. So that I could be forgiven. Jesus, I put my trust completely in you. Would you forgive me my sins? Wash away my past. And make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't we stand? We're going to close with a song of worship and thanks.
And let's, uh, yeah, let's sing it like we mean it, eh? That's why we worship, not just to sing songs, but to thank God. <laughs>